Welcome to Business Unplanned, a business podcast from BMO. I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is the final episode of the virtual event, Preparing Your Business for the Future. In this episode, I'm joined by Krista Lavarivier, Chief Marketing Officer at Mintent. I'll be answering questions from Canadians from all across our country and talking about how you can properly plan your business from what's coming in the future. And remember, for additional resources, you can visit bmo.com slash smallbusinessresourcehub. My name is John Davids, and I'll be your moderator for this session. Uh, Krista LaRiviere has spent 25 years in digital marketing strategy and leadership. She's now the chief marketing officer at Mintent, who I've known for a long time, actually, uh, an entrepreneur and a marketing uh, marketing genius, really, really good at what she does. And um, and I want to ask uh, kind of a question just, just to kick, uh, kick off here. What would you say is the single most important preparation step founders can take to support exponential growth in this great reopening that we're about to see? Um, that's a really great question, John. Uh, yeah, as the economy reopens, and I, I gave this some thought, and it's really exciting times, uh, in my opinion. You know, COVID was scary, and uh, even our business, Mintent, which is a now a digital marketing agency, we really pivoted. Uh, actually away from our proprietary software to full services. And that decision um, was really just sped up because of COVID. It probably would have happened anyways, but it really made us uh, make decisions a whole lot faster. And so these exciting times, um, you know, probably a once in a lifetime experience, or maybe not if the economy gets closed down again, we hope not, but uh, it could happen. Anything can happen. I think that's what we've learned over the past 18 months. Um, when I think about, you know, what what the uh, most important preparation step that founders can take to support that exponential growth that we all uh, want to experience, and I've experienced it in the past, I've experienced exponential growth and exponential ungrowth uh, throughout my business career, um, but it really comes down to one really, really important input in business uh, that you can control as an entrepreneur and as a business leader, and that's the people, Right. Um, so the single most important preparation step founders can take is to figure out how to attract really, really great people. And one of the things that COVID has changed uh, for uh, business leaders and uh, HR departments, for example, uh, is the fact that the labor pool is now, uh, for certain businesses that can work remotely, uh, the labor pool has really widened. And so you have access to more great people uh, than maybe you did pre-pandemic, right? Um, so finding great people, in my opinion, it's become much easier for us, quite frankly, to find the really great people to put on the bus. Uh, there's a Jim Collins quote. And so, but the other thing that's changed is um, that affects this is people really don't just want to go to work anymore, right? They want to spend their time doing something uh, purposeful, and they want to work at places that really matter and really care about their people, uh, really care about how they're giving back to the world. Um, and I think our, our time out over the past year has people really thinking, like, where I work, am I providing any kind of purpose? And does the company have any purpose? Um, so this then leads founders and business owners, um, business leaders to really uh, reprioritize, rethink, and maybe even reposition their business, product or services, to be able to really convince and communicate what their purpose is. Um, and so Simon Sinek, I, I like this uh, quote, he really nailed it when he said, uh, great leaders give someone something to believe in and not just something to do. 
right? So we need to stop and just really figure out, you know, the business that I've started, what is the purpose? Yeah, I sell widgets or, you know, the products or services, but what is it really about? So metrics all still matter, right? The gross margins, the targets, the uh, all those numbers still matter. But what's becoming more important, uh, and again, if you want to really attract those great people that are going to get you to that exponential growth, is, is really understanding why we go to work, why we want our great people to come to work. Uh, what does the company really care about? Um, do we care about our people? And what do we believe in? And, and get those great people on that bus and um, get to that exponential growth. So it's about people. Yeah, people. And, and, and I think uh, you were also talking about vision there, which actually takes us to our next question. Um, what's a good strategic plan that I can take to ensure the longevity of my business stays on track? Yeah, another great question. Um, strategically, like to, to make sure your business stays on track, I think we have all learned um, that you need to pandemic proof your business, right? Um, if you're not pandemic proofed, um, you're, you're not going to make it. The uh, entrepreneurs who were able to pivot and, you know, we're talking about anything from restaurants to tech companies, right? And, and everything in, the, in between. And so if you're thinking about starting a business and hoping to have a, a long-term business, you do need to consider, you know, is this business idea pandemic proof, right? Um, and so, and think about, um, think about your customers and the way they would behave in the next pandemic, right? And, you know, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But, you know, it's really about uh, the customer's behavior and reacting to that in a positive way. Um, and as soon as I start to think about behaviors, then my mind instantly goes to uh, the marketing side of the world, right? And because that's my background. And I think businesses strategically, and we've touched on marketing and digital marketing already, but they really need to uh, put marketing first, right? Um, and really prioritize marketing strategy and efforts um, for different situations that may, you may encounter uh, over the life of the business. And I love this saying, uh, marketing is about understanding people, right? It's really that simple, but it's really that difficult. And so just really put marketing front and center. Um, and as the economy reopens, even still, like how will behaviors change, right? And how are they going to continue to change? And how must your products and services and promotion, right, uh, evolve to meet those changing behaviors? And we were talking about digital marketing. You know, the BC government has a really great uh, grant program running right now. They actually just... Uh, close the application process because I think they're they're nearing the end of the grant dollars, but it's called BC Launch Online. And it allows businesses in BC to uh, apply to obtain a grant for $7,500 to put towards the improvement of their online digital presence, right? In the form of uh, implementing e-commerce or uh, just other other um, uh, things that will help their business interact with their customers and really pandemic proof that business. Yeah, that's great. I, I do want to push uh, or um, explore one point that you made there. We can bring Michael in as well for this part of the conversation. We talked about sort of pivoting and what would you say about a company, you know, for example, in the event space or you're a store that really relies on the experience of touching and feeling, or perhaps you sell a high-end good and people, you know, are sort of cutting back on their expenses. To what extent or, or, you know, how can you tactically kind of pivot if the core DNA of your business is just not really, uh, you know, amenable to, to a pandemic? What do you do? 
Yeah, so that's a really, really good question. I think that no matter my, my advice, I'll, let me give you the exact, um, I'll give you one that I was in. So I'm, I, I work exclusively with Speakers Spotlight in Toronto. When they take me and they put me on stage all over North America, and it's a great job. I fly somewhere. I have a nice steak. I meet a bunch of great people. Talk, talk, talk. I get on stage 45 an hour. I, I ramble off in some incessant way that I do, and then I come home, and I love giving these speeches and meeting Canadians and Americans and getting points of view. But imagine that business. COVID hit. 100% of the business stops. Like, and their entire pitch is, you know, you know uh, a, a, a speech is 45 minutes, but it can last a lifetime. And the whole thing is about a human connection. The reason I was a speaker is I actually like going to the cocktail party the night before and just meeting everybody you know, in the insurance industry and the finance industry. And it was a lot of fun for me. So overnight, 100% of bookings gone. 100%. And what do they do? They immediately changed their cost centers. They immediately made hard decisions. They had to let some staff go, but okay, fine. They pivoted to all online, all online um, on speeches. Now, I've done a number of online speeches and I don't like it because you can't hear and see the audience. You tell a joke and like, it's like that and it's kind of bizarre. So I don't like it, but you know, sitting at your own home, you know, it's, it's okay. But I got to tell you that business now is coming out of COVID. Okay. So what, I'll tell you what 2022 looks like for Martin Farah, who uh, the, the husband and wife who run this, which are amazing people, by the way, they now have this massive online Okay, and their clients used to set up these hundred thousand dollar stages. You know, you get on these stages. One was I did this one with HP when I was on the Starship Enterprise. Well, that was the stage. I'm like, they pay me money, but they pay so much money for this stage and the lighting and the food and the hotel. But now they're like, well, wait a second, I can just hire Michael Hyatt from the nice city of his home, and we don't have to spend two hundred fifty thousand on the stage. Yeah, this is looking good. So now what do speakers have? Speakers has this amazing online business. And by the way, if they want to actually have this old school, want to see a business, they'll send you there too. So the good companies, John, the, the, the moral of the story here is that the great companies built rapidly the online version of whatever it is, even events. And then when the world comes back, they have both. The real answer to this is they should have always had both. The truth is that Speaker Spotlight should have always had both. But to be fair to them, is no one wanted a one over video till they were forced to take it over video. And then here, let me just throw something else out. I don't know. I used to get on a plane to go to New York for two days and have five meetings and go up and down on the subway and see everybody and sweat and all the rest of it. I don't know. Am I going to go to New York for five meetings or am I just going to do Zoom? I want to go to New York, <laughs> but really, you know, getting in and out of LaGuardia and that drive in. It's pretty hectic. I don't know if I'm going to. I don't know. So what I'm saying yeah. is that that I'm now trained to say I can just do this by Zoom and it's been pretty good. We've been forced to accept this new world, which I think would have happened in 10 years, but it's happened in three months. Yeah, that's great. Um, anything you want to add to that, to that, to that, Krista? And and I'll just I'll just kind of uh, broaden it a little more. I saw a question come in just now about real estate and you know all these other industries that really are going to be changing post pandemic. Um, you know, how do you look at again uh, going back to the question of longevity? How do you look at a business and do you think certain businesses need to really pull a whole one eighty and kind of change the way they they work? Uh, well, yeah, I think uh, this is provide this situation has provided us an opportunity to really think through. 
um, the different unavoidable uh, and uncontrollable risk situations that face businesses every day, right? And really make it more real, right? Not not so much the what if, but the when, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, to just really uh, sharpen um, sharpen your thoughts around how do you uh, get through some some really really tough situations, um, but but not just think about it, actually come up with a plan for it. So not sure if that answers the question. Absolutely, absolutely. You're listening to Business Unplanned, a business podcast series from BMO. Make sure you subscribe for more conversations, learning and insights, or visit our business hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. There you'll find helpful articles and videos for any stage of business, whether you're starting out, expanding, or looking for advice. I recommend the latest content series on crisis planning, which in this current age is more relevant than ever. There's an expansive e-guide that you can download absolutely free with chapters about cash flow crisis or even applying for government grants. And there's four companion workbooks to help you get started. So if you want to see your business one step ahead, visit bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. What do you look for to invest in an early stage business? Look, I mean, I'm going to be straight up about it. I have to like you first and foremost. I, I've said this before. I have to be able to be stuck with you at an airport for four hours. Would I invite you to my family barbecue? Do I like you? Here's the deal. By the time I work with you and exit, I might have to know you and have a lot of coffees, like 10,000 of them for 10 years. And I have to have to give you feedback and you have to accept it. And then we can argue a little bit and be okay about it. And listen, I, I just want to say something to you. Like I give some, entrep- I, I'll give an example. I have these this, uh, these uh, this startup, two, two guys come to me a couple of weeks ago. I said, okay, you know what? I am going to uh, lead you around to financing. I'm going to put up this much money, but I'm not going to introduce you to anybody. I'm like, why not? I'm like, because I want to see if you can go raise the rest of the money. Like, I actually want to see if people can hustle and pull it together, right? And then you can watch and see how they work with you through the fundraising process. It's very, very interesting. So I give people tasks. Um, another thing I look for, if it's, to do with dentistry, I call a dentist friend and I actually bring the product to them. I love bringing whatever you have and giving it to people that I know. That's why my LinkedIn is so big because I bring, I whatever somebody, when I'm interested in a business, I literally bring them clients and say, here, would you buy this? Like literally I'll sign them with the clients. And I guess the worst thing is if I don't invest, I brought them some clients or not. And it's an amazing thing what I learned. You know, the, there was a funny thing at the Creative Destruction Lab. Um, there always be somebody coming with a medical device claiming that it does something. And, and we're all, I'm a scientist by training, but I, it's, my shelf life's been a long time. So I can't remember a lot. And we'd always find this device incredible. Oh, look, it's a portable blood analyzer. This is so great. Whoa, let's invest. Then I would take it and I'd bring it to a microbiologist and they'd go, yeah, this is crap. You know, and so I mean, like, you know, you have to test somebody's product out in real life. Uh, I would tell you, we talked about gross margins. You've talked, people know this, but you have to have some kind of moat. What's your defensibility? I'll give you an example. I had somebody approach me two weeks ago and I use their service. It's a, you know, it's this great Ontario company that delivers alcohol and he wants me to invest and all this stuff. I go, but you're, so I used it. I've been sending my friends and people to thank them. I just closed a a big sale of a company. So I said, don't pay any to the investors. I'm a client, but I said, there's no moat here. You're, you're just sending alcohol around. Like, I mean, I can do that too, right? So I said, no, but I'll become a client, but I can't invest in your business. There's nothing here. There's just, you know, alcohol delivery. So yeah. there's a lot of things we look for, right? There's something that's got to be defensible. There's got to be stickiness. There's got to be, 
you know, want in the market. Um, and, and I think that um, sometimes we like niche business, sometimes like where there's, where there's here's, a, here's a great saying that everybody should write down, where there's mystery, there's margin. So what's the mystery in your business and how can I find margin, right? So think about it that way. So I have to like you, there's gotta be a moat, I have to like the market. And then what I also do typically if the round is a good size, like if we're writing a check for one to five million or something, I usually bring in a VC as well. So I get another brain to think alongside me to help. And then it kind of works out. So we, we test market it with another uh, couple other brains and we see it. But uh, listen, whatever you do, you must be willing to pivot your company. I'm gonna, I said that earlier, I'm gonna say it again. If you're not willing to pivot, we ain't going nowhere here. You're all gonna pivot. I don't know where, but you're all gonna pivot. There are, uh, there's another question about content marketing and the idea of, of how you reach people, um, you know, sort of in this virtual world. What, what are your thoughts on content marketing and any kind of quick tips or strategies you'd give people to kind of get that off the ground? Yeah, for sure. Well, content is, has, it was important before, it's more important now. I mean, it's the, the foundation of marketing. You can't do marketing without content. Um, and so what we tell people about uh, content strategies is it's really about, um, well, if you have content now, you want to be optimizing your existing inventory of content. Don't go and trash it. Google's probably indexed it, um, but it needs to be optimized. It comes back to your audience, understanding your audience and the content that they need to make a decision to buy from you, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, to take a step back, it's about the key words that they use to describe the problem that they have that you can solve for them, right? And so some solid persona development and keyword research to then drive the content marketing strategy is always where we start and always where we recommend to start. Um, let's do some, some uh, closing remarks um, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the session. Yeah, just short and sweet. Um, you know, I've been, I've started many, uh, many businesses and have had some exits and it's, it's hard, right? And I think everybody can agree with that. And, you know, ask for help. Um, there are so many people in the Canadian community who are willing to help uh, businesses get off the ground and offer advice to entrepreneurs because we've been in your shoes. Um, so, yeah, ask for help are my closing remarks. Thanks for listening to Business Unplanned, a business podcast from BMO. For more information on how you can prepare your business for the future, visit BMO.com slash small business resource hub.